If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland, a mysterious, all-powerful character, but a crusader for law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. This is a show here on Comic Pop Returns where we take a topic and hash it out for about an hour. Today's topic is comic tropes that we think need to stop mm. or at least ease off on and before you start no we're not talking about chris from comic tropes he doesn't <laughs> no, need to stop though i'm sure if he sees this thing he might uh what does it be like Ooh. yeah show up and be like how dare you <laughs> the, ne- the next video he does will be like comic pops that need to stop <laughs> comic pops that need stopping and jewels <laughs> who don't need capes exactly capes joel yeah exactly so uh but no so that i there i did it i did the joke it's over <laughs> hey you know what comic tropes be happy that eddie kingston knows and loves you and yes. doesn't know me <laughs> <laughs> yeah despite how many videos have you made where you talk about him yeah um, really but uh yeah this show by the way is sponsored by you out there if you're watching the show live uh which some of you might be. We were supposed to start an hour later, and then we went, ah, let's just start now. It was literally just my schedule freed up. I'm like, oh, my God. I might actually be able to have lunch at lunchtime. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but, yeah, if you want to do so, you could uh, use a super chat or ask a question or comment. Weave it in here on the show. Throw us an idea or a thought you have about a trope that's in comics that you think needs to change or die. Uh, so, the, the, where, Joel, where did this concept come from? We were just talking about it off, off mic where we were like, wait. What is this? Like, yeah, what, is behind <laughs> what this? were we talking about? It happens all the time in this. We'll get a great idea four weeks ago, but won't actually do the show. Yeah. Until later. But basically, uh, that show Workaholics, I've never actually watched it, but was aware of it mainly because of funny gifts people put on Twitter. Yes. Uh, one of the writers put up a whole whiteboard of basically like comedy cliches and low hanging fruit that they dedicated to themselves as a show to not do. And the whiteboard itself was very extensive. And, you know, I, I think myself a connoisseur of funny things, you know, I think I, you know, have a, have a sharp wit and I will say a lot of the stuff on this board, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's stupid. But I like that one though. Really? You're going to not do that. I mean, yes, it's a comedy shortcut, but Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. But I like that because it, 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 it's one of those things where it, is art from adversity very it's it's one of those things that i've been talking about for years where i'm like you know when, whenever a creator like gets rid of an editor or like you know i'm like no you need some kind of struggle you need some kind of adversity you need to you need someone to say not even no but just like are you sure or why absolutely it's it, it's heat man you got to be on your toes where you got to be all the time yeah yeah can't get got, lazy can't get exactly. complacent Here's the uh, here's the whiteboard, by the way. Yes. So again, some real winners in there, like more like a shark week. Can you not? I can explain. Finger to mouth. Yeah. A lot of these are really stupid, but some of them are even stuff like on steroids or on crack. Like I, I say that all the time. Am I <laughs> am I doing low hanging comedy fruit? <laughs> yes, Laffy McLafferson, like. <laughs> something.com that's not a thing uh thanks i guess little help yeah i love them getting rid of this and now Mm. by the way we're talking about writers on a comedy show but it did inspire you to go like is there a whiteboard somewhere should there be a whiteboard for comics yeah in like the bullpen at the big two or just in comics in general that needs to be up there and if so what's on that whiteboard what what, let's fill the whiteboard 
with yes. comic book tropes to make comics better. Because that's what Workaholics is doing. They're trying to make the shows better, more innovative, Absolutely. more funny. Trying to get rid of some of this like garbage or at the very the least. Fat, yeah trim the fat so let's talk about some of the fat that's in comics right now what mm -hmm. are some what are some tropes that you see in comics and i'm sure by the way there's going to be some cross-pollination from comics oh, and movies and tv but it's all visual media so it makes sense uh that you're like i'm i'm done i'm done with this it's time for it to stop well here's one that you and i have been talking about a lot in the last couple of years and that is villains who want to break the hero but only in a very vague sense we complained about it when thomas wayne was doing it in the tom king batman book we complained about it when kindred was doing it in the nick spencer spider-man book i am sick of villains who want to break the heroes in vague ways i'm not saying you can't break the hero but you need to have a five-point plan and you need to <laughs> actually explain what your end game is for it right because that that was very much one of the main complaints about the kindred arc was what is kindred's goal where will peter be at the end of it mm -hmm. and why and and it's just it, it was all now spencer was hamstrung by a number of other factors but clearly the, the point remains like joker war joker's like that's it i'm breaking batman i'm gonna destroy gotham destroy gotham it's been done Everybody wants to destroy Gotham. We destroyed Gotham last week. We sure did. It was easy. <laughs> it was easy. We didn't even destroy it. We destroyed Gotham. We just took it off the table so you could put it right back. Yeah. But yeah, he, villains, they need to break the hero. Like it's always, you know, I understand, you know, I was reading an old Spider-Man story arc the other day from like legitimately from like 96 or 94. And it was so by the numbers, but there was a moment in the middle of the arc where Spider-Man just goes, we're not going to catch the villain right now. Why don't we all just take five? <laughs> and 50% of the team went home and banged their wives. <laughs> and, nice. And I'm like, I love that they, like, at home, the turmoil was non-existent. Like, this was a Spider-Man adventure. There's no ethereal concept that he's like wrecked with there's no big you know reveal he's trying to stop he, actually they're trying to save a hero from a, a, a bad guy organization right which ironically was called the secret empire but like, uh -huh. uh, you know they're trying to stop these bad guys these faceless goons and cyborgs that's it now i'm not saying that i'm, I'm not saying that like comics need to get back to the way they were but i am saying it was on one hand, a little bit refreshing, and on the other hand, a little bit frustrating. Because I'm like, mm -hmm. I hear you. It's it's pretty it's pretty by the numbers. There was no other conflict. Um, in interestingly enough, that arc was not written by the series regular Michelini. Oh, really? And Michelini would have absolutely put a subplot about Mary Jane <laughs> doing something, yeah. and you know that's that's the storytelling that we expect from serialized fiction, where it's like a plot, superhero stuff, B plot secret identity stuff you, you but, nailed it when you said conflict because that's what it really boils down to this right? oh, i must break the here you're trying to ratchet up conflict either organically or inorganically it needs to be like oh the hero is not safe no matter what he's doing like oh he's coming from in the costume he's coming from in his home life there he can't breathe he can't be safe it, it's total war you know it's yeah. not just costume war well and, and it's when you keep doing that it loses its impact its effect i remember and we like do that, keep doing it, and it is losing its Well, and that's the thing, right? That's the, and that's the problem, because that's a great idea. The villain trying to break the hero psychologically or in a vague sense. 
is not an inherently bad idea. But when it's the only idea or when it's done too many times, like I saw uh, Doc Ock has a big plan for Spider-Man in an upcoming story. And I'm like, still? Yeah. Like, how about you put him away for a little while? That's another trope. But like, why don't you rob a bank? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did, he's doing stuff in Beyond, but again, he like, is. he's in Beyond. Like, he is. Doc Ock has got more screen time in, in the, the last, last like two months, two months than he has in like the last twenty years. Also, um, those writers clearly aren't talking to each other because his motivation is all over the damn place. To where even Maxine Danger says your motivations make no sense. Yeah, well, you know, nobody's talking to each other. Um, but yeah, I, I was just thinking about um, another Spider-Man story where it was the first time he deals with Venom. Mm. and venom knows who he is and it's one of the few villains that knows who he is in the modern era who also like couldn't trigger a spider sense so like he's fighting spider-man oh no superhero versus supervillain then he changes into his civilian outfit mm-hmm. oh no venom's still going for him big and moment that, that tension is you can't you, you, you if you could you should bottle it and sell it because it's why so... people fell in love with venom because they never seen it before and he never he never stopped he never yeah. stopped coming for him and the horror movie and that's awesome when it's a break from the norm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but if you keep if that's the norm it's exhausting yeah you can't keep that level of drama for long or else it becomes the norm it becomes passe and then you're just like oh god can we do anything else right now please which is how we felt at the end of that batman and spider-man run we used as examples can we please do anything else yeah and they're like no or here's something else and it's like weird yeah uh what's another one we got here uh, yeah, I got a whole list in front I of you. I know right you do. There. I'm looking right at it. Okay. Uh, we Again, you kind of mentioned this before, so let's dovetail off it. Comic events that end in the word war. Yeah. It was one thing when only one company was doing it, but now both of them are doing it. We got the Joker War, the Sinister War, the Shadow War coming yep. soon from Joshua Williamson. How many war? The Secret Wars, the Simple yes. Wars. Yeah, it's nonstop wars. Uh, the the, the Ranthanagar War. I remember... Um, reading that uh zadarsky wanted to call they they wanted his uh devil's reign to have war in the title devil's war uh yeah i i think it was no you know what it was it was dc was doing a war and it had the same title and he they couldn't do it oh really something else in any case oh did they want to call it shadow war because it's like shadow lamb but joshua williamson's like haha did it first i think so but, uh, that kind of makes sense because all of Devil's Reign is like, well, what if we did Shadowland but better? <laughs> what if we what if we merged Shadowland and Civil War and made another event out of it? Well, then you got Shadow War, buddy. <laughs> Shadow War. Now, yes, uh, wars need to end. Uh, no one's. <laughs> we believe in peace on this show. Wars need to end. <laughs> yeah, but secret wars. Every war, it's just it's become a it's become a trope. It and is, it's, and it's just like. It's, it's a cliche. It's yeah. ridiculous. I facepalm every time I see it. I'm like, you could have called that anything else. It, like, is, is there some like metric we're not seeing here? Do war stories yes. sell better? Well, the reason Secret Wars was the title of the 1984 Superhero Secret Wars, and I'm sure you know the story, is because mm-hmm. they did some market research and said that two words that children gravitate to- towards were secret and wars. <laughs> And yes, there is a metric. That was, yeah, no, like, I would love to see that study, by the way. But, like, they just titled it that because they were like, the secret thing is 
intriguing and kids are like what's the secret and war mm. is it, it implies it's what huge. is it good for a lot actually yeah oorah so <laughs> yes uh, i i'd say it's time to retire the war because then the next time you use it, it'll be much more bombastic it'll be much more special i i say you know dust off some other subheadings that we haven't used in a while gauntlet what if it was the sinister gauntlet or the joker gauntlet that's a good one yeah i, I guess that's true i mean you think look at the uh look at the like some of the more successful Marvel events after Civil War, none of them had the word war in the title True. because Civil War was the big one. Yep. You know, Secret Invasion, House of M. Like, they don't have war in the title. And then Secret Wars happen, and it's like, oh, it's an homage. You know, it's... A in any case. And, and to Marvel's credit, again, yeah, they have, like, explored in the last couple of years, well, what about Empire? It's kind of spelt different, so you're like, oh, yeah, what's that about there? Yeah. Even, even like Secret Empire, again, Marvel's really in love with that. Let's, let's dust off old titles, actually, and bring them back again because, you know, you get old fans being like, oh, I remember that, and young fans like, oh, well, maybe I should pick up this old one and see if there's yeah. any connection. Yeah, yeah. Um, If I may throw out another uh, tro uh tired trope that I'm... Please do. Uh, I, I'm it's actually I don't even know if it's like a trope but it's something I'm suggesting because it's like apropos one of the big tent poles of all these things is that like when it comes to Joker or Doc Ock like they mm. need to stop using a, a villain that is popular because they're popular if you ring them too much they run out of juice and then you hate seeing them exactly joker doc Ock, these characters have been overused they need you need to have like a moratorium on certain yes. villains where it's like you use them to full effect take them off the table joker war what happened he got his own friggin book yeah which is actually pretty solid, but it's more about Jim Gordon. <laughs> yes, and, and I, I get that. I, I actually admire Tynan for taking DC's money and making a secret Jim Gordon book that people wouldn't have bought if it was called, like, The Life and Times of James Gordon. Uh, I get it's, it. it. It's a good trick. I love people being like, oh, I can't wait to read this Joker book. Oh, wow, that was the best Jim Gordon series I've read in a long time. Exactly. Good, good, you tricked me, but I'm not mad at you. <laughs> Uh, getting into the super chats really quick because a couple of people had some terrific ideas. Hudson Curry, uh, Tynan is back at DC. That didn't take long. Also, RIP to uh, Meatloaf. Yeah. You'll be missed. Yes, Meatloaf passed. Louis Anderson passed away as well. Uh, it's Such a real a shame. shame. Um, but yes, Tynan is back. They 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 bribed him to do some Sandman stuff, which I think he really loved anyway. Because wasn't he involved in like yeah. that Vertigo reboot rebrand anyway? I don't remember honestly. I just know that like. He loves Sandman. It's it's pretty nice to know there where it's like, okay, what's what's the shiniest penny we can bring to get you back? I will write more Sandman. Okay, we will let you do that then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it, the other thing is DC is never afraid to overpay. Yes. Oh, very much. Marvel so. is notoriously penny pinching. Mm -hmm, but DC mm -hmm. will always overpay. I just read recently, you know, Dark Knight Strikes Again, one of the worst sequels in comic book history. Yes. They paid Frank Miller $2 million. Money well spent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as if Syed said, uh, hi, guys. Hope you're having a good day. Uh, I hope you are, hi. too, man. Thank you. Dan S. the death of blank character stories. Mm, I mean, death in general is its whole thing. They know death has been so cheap in comic books, right? Now. I mean, they they killed Doctor Strange and then brought him right back. Like in the same issue. Yeah. It was yeah the death of death of the Inhumans death of Doctor Strange death of Superman, it's 
it's been done. It's it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. Death doesn't matter. We know it doesn't matter. W- why even like trying at this point, guys? Just just let it go. Uh, again, it's one of those things where if you don't use it, the death of Justice League that's coming out. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, Freaking Newsweek was talking about that. I can't believe they are because it's a joke. Like it's just like his Justice League was hitting seventy five issues. Joshua Williamson is pretty much in charge over at DC now. Mm-hmm. He's a big '90s fan. He was he was reading comics like the rest of us, and uh, and he wants to make a Superman '75 joke. Yeah, uh, and people are like, "This won't stick." I'm like, "It's not designed to stick." None of these are designed to stick. I can't remember the last death in comics that was actually designed to stick. Can you? Right. No, that that they meant to do. Where they were like, "We're killing this character because we really want to get them off the table." Yeah, we want to keep them dead. Maybe the Inhumans. <laughs> maybe and even then you know they're coming back when that miss marvel show takes off it, it, unless they retcon her <laughs> yeah i don't think uh, they will though no ali al ziadi uh, hey sal i hope i i know you have heard this a lot by now but i hope the sentiment doesn't ring hollow when i say congrats on hundred thousand subs take care no no no. honestly th- like first of all ali thank you so much and uh especially big thank you to everybody who has been uh lauding us with uh congratulations and kindness you guys have been amazing you've been so like generous and friendly and 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 it, it's it's been overwhelming to see the outpouring of kindness and support about us reaching this milestone uh, you know as well as i do you know we've been trying to reach this for like we we, we saw it within reach <laughs> and we were just trying to reach it and uh big thanks to mr sunday for helping us just tip it over the scales uh tip the scales for in our favor uh a little bit quicker than we were planning uh thank you all so much it's been it's been incredible and no i'm not tired it happened to nicer people you're very kind thank you sir uh sam anderson must mention the let's go back let's go back framing structure it's a if it's a back issues joke it's a trope that's Mm. fair yeah move the car george uh is a trope which i'm happy with but like it's also something that i'm annoyed by the move the car george trope if you're not familiar, uh, we coined it. It's a comic, book, it's a comic pop uh, trope. Move the car, George. Uh, the idea here being it was in an issue of uh, Amazing Spider-Man when the Clone Saga, the first, first Clone Saga happened. There's a whole sequence where Jackal is driving a bus <laughs> and there's a couple in a VW microbug and the car stalls and George can't move the car. And his girlfriend in the passenger seat says, move the car, George. And he says, I can't. The, the engine stalled. And for like four panels, she says, move the car, George. And he's like, keeps insisting that he can't. And then the the bus, the Jackal's driving, hits the, the, the Volkswagen. It flips over. It spins. And then they're just resting upside down. And she says, I told you to move the car, George. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell this scene is for. It's such a <laughs> stupid joke. But like, I attribute that to any sequence where... We just do a hard cut from whatever we're doing in the comic book to focus on characters that have no bearing on the story or any of the characters we've never met before, we'll never see again, who have like a bit of business. (laughs) It happened a lot in the Straczynski run, (laughs) and it happens a lot in comics, and it's a trope that like no one really talks about. I call it the move the car, George trope. I like it. Is Uh, that an official on the TV tropes page? Because it should. Fans should go and make that an official thing. I think it's it's in one of them. I think it's an urban dictionary. I don't know. Ah, there you go. That's good, Mm. Joe. But uh, let's go back. The uh, the flashback, the the swordfish, the pulp fiction, you know, the we don't start our stories where they begin trope, where it's like, (laughs) wasn't always like this. You know, it's funny. We're actually seeing a really good inverse of that in Detective Comics right now. I don't know if you're reading that. I dropped it. <laughs> I'm really liking what Mariko Tamaki's doing right now because they're focusing on the Arkham Tower 
and you're obviously like, well, that's going to fucking blow up in everyone's face. Everything called Arkham always does. Issue one, they're like, this is going to be a problem. They flash forward a month. Oh my God, it's a problem. And the story <laughs> is now structured. But how did we get here, though? How did we get to the whole thing being messed up and everyone, you know, uh, being behind enemy lines. And I'm like, oh, that's clever, actually. You're you're using our own knowledge as comic fans to know that this was never going to last, and you're using that as the inciting incident to build up to it. It's That's clever, actually. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Nick can't snipe. Fake out deaths, or at least dead, no more, slash resurrection. I mean, that's as old as comics itself. Right? Will Spider-Man survive? You better pick up the next thrilling issue. That's that's not even... Isn't it? It's a trope, but I also think it's like a, it, it's like a marketing device. Also, that's um, it. But the other thing of, like, going, uh, I'm back! You know, a character, like, showing up at the end of the last issue, or of the first issue. Like, She-Hulk ended that way. I don't know if you read the most recent She-Hulk. I didn't. I meant to, though. But uh, uh, there's a resurrection in that book, and it's one of those like dun dun dun. Like, yes, the resurrection, but that's a soap opera trope as well. True. I mean, it's it's sequential media, and you need you need that something. You need that spice, that hook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sol Moretti disagrees with you. I love Bullseye for the fact that he wants to break the hero for no reason in particular. He just thinks it's funny. I don't know if he does. I mean, sometimes he's a mercenary. He does it for money, but he's very obsessed with Daredevil and Elektra. But we don't know anything about him because he's a mystery. Bullseye is very weird. Bullseye works in spite of himself a lot of the time. Yes. Uh, what else we got? We got uh, your next one here. Villains trying to corrupt slash co-opt the image of Captain America. <laughs> yes, this is a very specific trope. But for the last, like, God, I since Secret Empire. Yes. The only fucking thing they can talk about in the Captain America book now. And I get it. If you're a Captain America writer, it's got to be hard from like 2016 onward when you're like, I got to really, you know, put my finger on the pulse of the nation. What's going on? Yeah, I'd probably feel the same way too, but everyone is doing it and no one's saying anything new. And it's always the same thing. We're going to steal and corrupt the image of Captain America and that will, you know, bring yeah. to fruition our evil plan. I'm like, yeah, the last three guys did that. Right. It's, and it didn't work then, so why are you trying to do it now? Because I'm out of ideas and I don't know. Because Captain America is a household name and I can't just let Mark Gruenwald, like, do what he... You know, Gruenwald's had my cap where he's just flying under the radar. Here's Cap forever. Mark Wade, here's some Cap. Like, people just reading it. The people who love Cap just reading Cap. Now Cap is like... He's got a spotlight on him. People are hyper focused on politics and, and goings on in America. So Captain Fox America News is pretending that. to read the first issue. <laughs> oh my god! It's just so frustrating when any news, when any news outlet or or lack thereof talks about comic books. I'm like, you're gonna mess this up. And What's truly they amazing about that is like when they were talking about that United States of Captain America book, and they were getting all upset because oh they read one panel and didn't read the thing. I'm like, isn't isn't there a bunch of alt-right comic shitheads you could have reached out to to be a guest at? No, because even you think they suck. Oh, okay, cool. Just checking. It's odd they haven't. Uh, ah, Nick can't. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the Captain America thing. Don't corrupt Captain America anymore. Let's move on. Well, I it's mean, also, like, it's also you did it. Yeah, and you'll never do it as big or as huge or impactful as Nick Spencer did in Secret Empire. No. That's that's the biggest one. Like literally, he was doing it as the whole 2016 election stuff was happening, and it was mirroring shit that was happening in real life. 
will never come again every other time they try and do it like oh we're gonna steal captain america's shield and commit crimes <laughs> with it or like yeah. oh you know u.s agents gonna be running around and doing stuff like it's been done it's all been done yeah yeah it's one of those things where it's it's why i get so frustrated when i see like a great idea executed poorly because i'm like mm, agree. well you can't go do that now like you can't do that now comic books are like no you can still do we could do that next like the next arc can be the same thing we tried but better or or worse uh secret it, empire is one of those things where it's like you did it you need to put a moratorium on captain america's evil or people think captain america's evil or yeah. captain america's corrupted like you have to just be like no, and and that's usually what editors do. Editors usually they hear a pitch and they go, "We did that." And that's like, you know, no. It's you know, it's a thing to at least there looks to be some light at the end of the tunnel finally, and that is they're actually bringing the Sam book back now, and they're actually going to be splitting Captain America. I'm like, okay, cool. I feel the Sam book's probably going to be more interesting because they're going to let him do stuff that Steve doesn't do. Almost so, certainly. So that's going to be good. I'm actually very excited to read the Sam book. What is it? A Sentinel of Liberty and yeah. Shield of Justice or something? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be a race to see which book gets canceled first. Mm. Uh. Nick can't snipe heroes being incompetent and letting the villains get away or being distracted or forgetting that they need evidence tricked by old villains they know about. Yeah. The, the being tri when a new writer forgets that the characters around longer than they were mm. and the, or just convenient. It's, it's, you know what it is? It's, it's always convenient. It's convenient incompetence. That's the trope that I think we're all sick of. Convenient incompetence, where a hero is just like a dumbass, doesn't remember the history of the villain. Forgets powers they forgets have. Forgets powers that they or the villain has. Yeah. Convenient incompetence is one of those things where it's like, it's tough. Because that's everywhere. And, you know, you are, as the writer are tasked with not writing yourself into a, like, well, how are they going to get out? I don't know, man. You put them there. Like a, a lot of out. I know a lot of people were really uh, pissed when Ben Riley fought Doc Ock and how easily he was beaten. And I'm like, right. no, that's good. He never fought him before, though. That makes sense. Of course, he thinks he's just a little schlubby man. He doesn't know that he's like a devious, one of the most evil minds in the world. And that's how Ock beats him because he underestimates him. He's like, oh, I took out his arm, so he's useless now. No, actually. <laughs> yeah. But then in that same issue, we have established like they did not know what design to go with Doc Ock. So no. they whipped up that story where like he has horrible, severe head trauma and his body's deteriorating. Yep. Ben Riley beats this man mercilessly with his spider powers mm -hmm. for like at least three, four panels. Yep. And like all I could keep thinking about was that sequence of X-rays of superheroes <laughs> punching Doc Ock in the head. And like even Ock isn't like, no, like, you know what I mean? Leave my brain alone. Please. Now, maybe it's because Doc's like, this isn't even my third body. No, I know. Right. <laughs> I assume the deal with the devil brought him back to his prime. Uh, he was he was dead no more. And then he had the clone body, like the, the hybrid clone body. Yeah. And then, yeah, they made the deal with the devil and got a new fat body. I'm new sure that there's another body. clone somewhere. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, isn't there always? There's always another clone. <laughs> there's always another clone. Uh, clones! I'm going to throw clones out there. That's on mine, too. Clones, doppelgangers, and yes. evil mirror images. We have, I think we have hit critical mass on all of these. I, I remember as a child just being so sick of 
the hero is being impersonated by somebody mm-hmm. and they act completely out of character and the supporting cast is bamboozled always the most egregious of which in recent memory was of course superior spider-man when mary jane couldn't tell the difference yes uh deliberately oh of course yeah. because of agendas but like because the story doesn't work if she can figure it out <laughs> except like it, it would have been much more interesting if she was the only one who knew and no one believed her wouldn't yes. that be interesting and give her something to do yes wouldn't it have been interesting no <laughs> yeah nah. <laughs> no i don't like that character and i don't want to use her in this i want to use her for three issues and then discard her yeah slowly just put her away is there a trope we could just say like where it's just like i know that we are in a more enlightened age but uh can we just say like treat like no no objectification it'd be nice <laughs> It'd really be nice. And again, a lot of comics are better at it than they they've are ever better been at before. It. Right. But, they are better. But then sometimes they screw up in the other direction, too. This is true. Yeah. Overcompensation. I think that's a good trope that needs to stop. Because I see that a lot. Overcompensation, where it's like, ah, I, I, uh, a character needs to have agency. And it's like the agency is not the same thing as having plot armor. Mm. Yeah, it's also one of those things too where it's like, well, I don't want to objectify Mary Jane. I want to I don't want to objectify her so much. I'm just not gonna write about her. And I'm like, <laughs> I well, just want freaking use her. Well, yeah. that's not good. <laughs> no. Well, and, and I'm saying across the board, like just in terms of not just not just female characters, but like any character that is utilized in a in a in a way that is uh putting them in plot armor disguised as being progressive. Mm. Where it's like, no, no, no! Look how look look how much uh, we're 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 breaking down barriers here. This character literally can't do anything wrong, and uh, they and they, and they win every situation, and I, they're always morally correct. I think John Ridley tackled that very well in other history of the DC universe with his Big Black time. Lightning, where it's like, look, yeah, this is Black Lightning. He is a very important Black character in the DC universe, but he's also a guy with a lot of problems and hangups, and he's three dimensional. Is the thing? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I wouldn't want to write slash read about a guy who, you know, didn't have problems and hang ups completely. That's right. That's why any of these characters are popular. It's not just because of the power set of the costume. It's because we're interested in the character, who they are and why they make the decisions they make. Uh, Patrick uh, going in so far as to say girlfriend fridging should Mm. never return. It really has, and I can't remember the last time they've really fridged a love interest. If anything, they transfer it the other way, and if they're going to brutalize someone for the purposes of, you know, heightening drama and give the hero something to, they brutalize the supporting cast. See uh, Heroes in Crisis, Identity Crisis. DC's fucking famous for this. Let's kill a bunch of minor characters. Let's bring back, you know, beloved supporting characters and kill them in horrifying ways. That that actually speaks to another trope that I have just recognized recognized which is um god there's a term for it actually and i can't remember what it is but it's like it's using supporting characters or lesser care like lesser popular characters like minor Mm. characters or formerly popular characters and pantsing them or Mm. like or or just just diminishing those characters and calling it calling it like a like a callback or an homage right you know it's like you know we don't like 
actually, I was just going to use Vigilante as a character, but Vigilante's actually in the Peacemaker show. But like, yes, he but is. Blue Devil, right? Yeah, you know, Blue a character Devil. that like is beloved by dozens, and you know, DC didn't know what the hell to do with him. He went through a lot of different changes, but like sure having Blue Devil, uh, I'm not, I, I don't actually know what the hell they're doing with Blue Devil right now. But like, imagining where they're like, nothing. Uh, he, making... he was in the season of that last Young Justice show. Was he really? Yes, he was. He's the new den father for. Oh. Uh, for Garfield, and he's got a Scottish brogue to him. Oh. I kind of enjoy, and he walks around in t-shirts, even though he's a devil. I like that. For for a second, I thought you meant the Titans live action show. No, no, no. And I'll I was like, that. oh my god, because Blue Devil's in the Swamp Thing show. That's right. And, uh, for a minute, for like, yeah. Uh, but um, but you know, using Blue Devil and being like, and, and making him like flip burgers or like you know, uh, he's like a janitor at the Hall of Justice or something. Like you know, just taking it and doing something like that. Like that's a trope I've seen. Maybe I'm bad because I actually kind of love it when they do that. Where it's like, man, when you're not the Trinity, you know, you gig economy, you gotta make it wherever you can make it, man. That's people, fair. People, people are clamoring for blue. De See, that makes them seem more human. Where it's like, oh, that would be me if I existed in this universe <laughs> and I was here. Uh, you know, we all want to be Batman, but let's face it, you'd be Blue Devil. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. All right, all right. I rescind my my suggestion. Uh, Which, but I get what you're saying, though. Sometimes it is like, man, you used to be something, man. Right, and I, I like the idea of there being like a comeback, but like, it's even it's more frustrating when like a character says they're going to go on a comeback, and there's no support from editorial, so that like the comeback is doomed yeah before it even begins i, yeah, I remember happens a lot like remember when ms marvel when before marvel decided they needed a wonder woman and they were like uh after house of m carol danvers mm. uh i need to be the superman of the marvel universe and i'm gonna do it by hiring a publicist and i'm gonna mm. go on this like this tour and it was the brian reed run of ms marvel yeah and it's like ms marvel's gonna be somebody but like the book got canceled and mm. she was also like diminished and used in a bad way by the civil war yeah and it just completely derailed the comeback tour. And then she was just, she was just shunted away until they needed her again. And then they used her, they propped her up and then they used her again in civil war two. And people are yeah. mad at this character for something that a writer did with her. That was out of character. A like, long time ago. Now she's been paying for the sins of civil war two, which is also kind of things where it's like, you know, you forgave iron man a little quicker. I wonder <laughs> what's the difference between iron man and Ms. Marvel there. What's the difference? You yeah. hold grudges against women longer. I guess. I, I, I don't know. But like at this point, you know, if I were at Marvel, my like for, because of their like retconning and of history and they're like diminishing of writers that don't work there anymore mm. i would go i would have a time travel store i've i'd have kang unmake civil war 2 i'm shocked that hasn't happened actually i'm shocked someone hasn't pitched that where it's like hey what's your new captain marvel pitch i'm undoing civil war 2 it didn't happen right or and Marvel loves to do that, too, to make big stories out of doing away with shit that fans didn't like dude actually i'm pitching no it's a back the future story mm, where it's like back okay. the future during civil war two. And it just, un, it like changes it or maybe it keeps it, but like other shit happens underneath. Anyway, you know, what would be great about that. Actually, uh, if you undo it, she has to fight evil cat because remember oh they God. like retconned it to where he was actually puppeteering that yes. whole thing. I can't let you do this, Carol. Why? Because I'm actually Hydra the whole day. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. That would be amazing. I like that a lot. So she has to fight evil cap to change history. That's like that's the big change is like maybe she teleport. You know, maybe she quantum leaves in her own body and like she's she's yelling at Tony before everything goes. And she goes like, oh, she just grabs Steve 
Steve and like punch him in the face. Yeah, really. Why did you do that? He's secretly a Nazi. Wait, what? I'm from the future. It's weird. That would be cool because at this point, like, there's nothing left from Secret Empire that matters. Mm, yeah, I guess most of it's kind of been wiped away. Right, like, I think Natasha's still a clone, so you could yes, go back is. and save Natasha and undo the clone shit. You could. I mean, I guess also Sam being Captain America, but technically that happened before. That happened Steve, before. But it's all. But it. But it's also all really intrinsically tied because that he was mm. like a whole big tapestry of things. Yeah, but Marvel doesn't care though. No, they clearly. Don't. <laughs> we made him that in the show without having to do any of that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Panda go crazy. I love hearing you talk. It would be about anything. That's Aww, very kind. Thank, thank you, Panda. RK, character assassinations for cheap development happens, especially with sidekicks or children. Yeah. I remember when they gave Wonder Woman a future son just to say that she was a bad ma- a bad mom. It's, uh, it's oh, Teen Titans, NW, and SSO. You got to stop abbreviating these. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I got some of these, but not all of them. Oh, Teen Titans, New Warriors, and... Oh. Is this okay? I, I don't know what that is. I, I know what some of it is, but but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I As, didn't like that story either. I dropped that run around the time. That that was Brian Hitch's Justice League run mm-hmm. where they did like a future league story where it's like, oh, oh yeah, and Wonder Woman's a bad mom. Yeah, I don't read a lot of Brian Hitch's work. Me either. Good artist. Yeah, it can take or leave his writing. I, I could take or leave his art. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tevia says, stop doing evil Superman tropes 24-7. It's not fun. I agree. Yeah, not fun. yeah we did a whole show about that. Yeah, yeah we did. Also Duck- overdone. Exactly. Duck K just stepped out of the comic book store with an issue of Ben Riley Spider-Man. Okay, maybe the clone trope needs to die. <laughs> yeah, that one's a retcon book that takes place during his run as mm-hmm. the sensational Spider-Man. So, yeah. Yeah. Clones, man. Yep. Silvery Cricket starting a comic run by depowering the main superhero of the story. I see mm. somebody's reading uh, Green Lantern. Yeah. But I mean, with Green Lantern, it's like, what the hell do you even do? They've made him so powerful. I don't begrudge. If I had to write it, I would certainly knock around that idea. It's like, what what can he do now, Hal? He's basically a fucking god. No, I agree. I I, I actually, uh, I dig the concept, especially if, like, it's a, it's it's serialized fiction. Like, you know they're going to be Green Lanterns at the end. Like... <laughs> I mean, a, a true like I'm a weirdo too. Like I never really jived as much with the all powerful space god Green Lantern. I liked the space cop Green Lantern, and yes. I feel like we don't get that anymore. Like space god has completely you know usurped space cop. Totally, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not why people like Green Lantern, or at least why he was in any way a, a fan favorite character. See, I feel like some people have only read the space god version for so they don't know how else he is to be. That's fair. Cat Lawyer, the only thing I want to end is selling characters' death as a sales tactic mm. and villains who have strong point so uh, to the story. So the story has them do random evil acts. Mm. Ah, like, so basically invalidating the villain's argument because it's getting too, like, it's it's making too much sense. Yeah. I don't know many of those. <laughs> Poison Ivy. And again, Poison Ivy hasn't even really been a villain for the last couple of years. That's the thing is Poison Ivy is one of those things where she is just, they don't know what to do with her because they want her to be not a villain, but she's also not marketable enough to have her own book. So but that Harley show is really goddamn popular and she's really good in it. She's great. She's great. Lake Bell should just be Poison Ivy in the movies. Really should. Big agree. Uh, Media Max in comic movies. I hate how the villain had an accident and it's not their fault. They're a villain like all the villains in No Way Home have no agency. 
I mean, I don't know. I uh, mean, that's also all Spider-Man villains. I mean, science accidents are baked into their very being, as it is baked into Peter Parker, a science accident that made him the way he is. All the villains in No Way Home were all the villains in those the other, other Spider-Man movies. movies. Like, yeah. uh, you know, you can't blame No Way Home for that. That's who they are. That's yeah, that, that was what they had to work with. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I do. And here's the thing. Lizard, he did that on purpose. He jammed yes. himself with lizard DNA. Uh, Sandman, it's not his fault, but he is a bad person despite his protests. Uh, Doc Ock, uh, his inhibitor chip was broken, and I guess it was the key to everything. So I, you Me- know, Mentally I, ill, he's got can't mental argue illness. With that. Green Goblin, uh, yeah, he was forced into a desperate situation in that movie, but also like... Maybe he was a bad dad before that. The, those movies always seem to want to have their cake and eat it too with Norman Osborn. Either he's a good guy struck with mental illness or he was always a bad guy and the Goblin Serum just made it worse. Exactly. Um, Nick can't snipe. Uh, using the same villains over and over or villains having some power set. The same power set as heroes. Yeah, mm. we talked about the over and over thing, again thing, but being evil Ant-Man, evil Iron Man, evil yeah. whatever, evil Hulk. It's a little played out and it actually ties very nicely to another one I had when talking about the same power set thing. No more Deathstroke, Ghost Maker, Abyss, cool guy, villains with spinoff potential. Oh my God. I feel that's everyone now and it's driving me fucking crazy. Everyone wants to be Deathstroke. Everyone wants the cool image and the cool action figure. No one wants to be the Mad Hatter. No one wants to be (laughs) the Riddler or the Clock King. No one wants a bowler hat and a gimmick. Yeah. It's funny because if it's all about the art at the yes. end of the day, the success of a Batman villain is all dependent on the art. I just, I had this image of the Mad Hatter and it's like, it, it's just an, it's an image I've never seen before. And it's just the, it's an image of the Mad Hatter. It's a hodgepodge of ideas, but he's got a big friggin' top hat. He's shrouded in shadow and he has this sickly grin on his face. And it's just like, it, it's just, that's the cover you know it's just black it's just black and then like the only like spots of light are mad hatter like mad hatter is physically not intimidating no but if you have a good idea and you execute it brilliantly visually mad hatter's a household villain name like any villain he's deeply creepy endlessly quotable because you can just take a bunch of quotes from actual alice in wonderland who fragis de kalukale the vorpal blade would snicker snack it's he yeah exactly and it's all public domain so it doesn't cost you a dime uh but like any of these villains could be cool you don't need to just immediately go and that's a trope in and of itself which is just making characters because you know that they will be used in spinoffs and TV shows so that you can get an extra bite of the apple. That is not a trope so much as it is just the way the comic book creator industry works now. And I can't blame you. I know how poorly you're all paid, but as a reader, it annoys me. (laughs) That's right. That's one of those things where it's like, I wish I could just give you more money so you wouldn't have to do that anymore because I'm sorry but most of these characters blow yeah. or at the very least they are unearned. They are, exactly. they, they arrive, they are worthless. They do nothing. And suddenly they're like Dick Grayson's secret sister or they're, you know, a, a, a destiny ripoff in a Batman book, or they're yet another person who works for the daily bugle or hooks up with Spider-Man. Like there are, and there, you, there, there's a cavalcade of forgotten discarded characters who mean nothing those there's actually a a totemic representation i think of these characters that is not successful 
It was shown in a backup by a writer who I don't recall in a Spider-Man comic I couldn't possibly place <laughs> where there was a character whose job it was work for the city and he collected garbage that was left over from the superheroes because this writer did not know about damage control and right. only wanted to establish a character that they own right. so that they could have their mark on the character. Again, I don't remember who it was, but like, so they discard the in-universe explanation as to why they wouldn't have a job. And they pick up after these superheroes, and the one superhero that they have to pick up after the most is Spider-Man. Mm. Like, they have to clean up all their webs, which is not a thing, because they dissolve after, they an, dissolve hour. after an hour. But he has been collecting like, pieces of villains' suits that were discarded in fights, and he's making his own suit out of all these other villain suits so that he's, he's the trash man <laughs> right he's the, i pick up everyone's trash <laughs> he 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 has made like an amalgam of all of spider-man's villains into one suit and it's hanging in the closet and he says like one day i will get my revenge and i'm like blow me like this <laughs> you are bullshit like you're never going to be used he never was and like it, it's it was so clearly created because the author was like, I'm given an opportunity to write Spider-Man. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to create a, like, I'm not going to use this to like tell a story I've needed to tell. Mm. I'm not going to use this to like make my mark on Peter Parker. I'm going to invent a character so that like, if they use it, I'll get royalties, residuals, or at the very least right, notoriety. Right. And, and the punishment was no one will ever remember <laughs> that except me. Feels very fan fiction-y, doesn't it? very if like, we can give credit where credit is due hickman's x-men run hickman didn't really invent a lot of new stuff he used all characters that already existed that's what's so fascinating right like even the krakoa era he don't own krakoa no that was There's, already a thing right like he doesn't own most of this shit it's all just stuff he brought back or reinvented remix remaster at the end of the day like you know if they used and I hope they don't. But if they use like Krakoa for the MCU, the best he'll get is a is a is a his Thank name you. will be in the credits. Yeah, along with like seventeen other names. Yeah, he, he that's kind of cool. Yeah. So uh, Nerdy Rock Comics says, uh, Sal, I'm proud of you for 100K. Uh, Joel, thanks for the keto tips a few weeks back. Love you both, and keep on keeping on, dudes. Thanks, Nerdy Rock Comics. Appreciate yeah. it. Man. I'm also trying to get back into that right now. <laughs> Good. Uh, Matthew Terlaga, not so much a trope as saying the this mm. will change the universe forever phase mm. in comic synopses, or you will be talking about this for years yep, to come. Greatly overused and just, you know, dishonesty in advertising, really. <laughs> mm -hmm. Full stop, dishonesty. Yeah. Panda go crazy. Uh, Marvel versus DC crossover is the only way I see comics being saved. Uh, both companies are starting to run dry, and this will be something fresh. I mean, it wouldn't be because it's something they did 25 years ago and then yeah. 35 years before that. But, like, I will say, I want it so badly, I'll agree with you anyway. I think it would do well. Oh, yeah. People but, would talk about it. It would get, you know, main media coverage, which I think is what the comic companies love to see. The problem is they won't think about it. Like, JLA Avengers is this thing that, like, should have been a wake-up call for both companies and instead was just a thing that almost didn't even freaking happen. Mm. You should read, uh, George Perez gave a, like, diary of the process of making JLA Avengers. And there are excerpts in a Wizard magazine, but, like, I hope, if George is available, 
before he passes. I'm so sorry to mm. hear about George Perez's unfortunate illness, but like if he can publish that diary yeah because please. it would be a dope ass book but like that book almost fell apart like 17 different times yeah and it's like it's three issues four i think it's four it's four issues for god's sake uh, come on but like think about it if you do a marvel versus dc crossover like yeah do a big crossover but like work into the contract that you're doing like that Work it already in so you can make the spinoffs. You can make right. the ancillary things and leave a window or door open so that like, and I pitched this a long time ago, but like having a third party publisher publish an ongoing, like a, even if it's a maxi series, like a 12 yeah. issue maxi, but like, t and test the waters, like do a 12 issue maxi Spider-Man and Batman published by IDW. The pro, you know, IDW gets to be the number one selling comic book of the month every month for 12 months they'd like and, that and marvel and dc take 50 percent profits regardless that's that's all you need to do and that's like that's that's just like part of the of the of the process and that's like that's a lot that's because it, here's the thing marvel and dc also think about like the the short-term gains they never think oh, about yeah. like the long game no never which is comics like comics are the like uh, the, the very definition of the long game I'm sorry. I know I'm going off on tangent. No, I was going to say, or at least they should be. Yeah. Well, like, I, I was just thinking about this literally today. Comic books have been trying to get new readers since I was a baby. Oh, yeah. It's it's the endless thing, that, that, that elusive, legendary new reader. And you know what the, like, the lesson is? You know, because every time they try to get new readers, they end up, like, screwing themselves or breaking the thing or or, or, or embarrassing themselves regardless in spite of themselves new readers exist oh yeah like, because if you care enough you will pick it up and start somewhere we all I, had I, to pick it up and start somewhere right and, and i think the problem is that they're not being realistic about their industry mm. and here it is there's just so many like you're you know what i mean there's just so many like i we were talking uh i was talking on instagram the other day about this there's a glass ceiling to comic book youtube Oh, absolutely. There's 100%. a glass ceiling for, for segments, but like there's 2.5 million of you. How do I know this? Because the largest comic YouTubers have 2.5 million subs. <laughs> that's it. That That's the largest. That's all of them. All of them are there. That's how many. So if you're like, I'm going to get to 4 million or I'm going to get 5 million. Like, you're not. Those numbers just don't exist. Are you? And in comic books, it's like, there's only so many. There's only so many at one point. And maybe instead of trying to double your, your sales or, uh, you know, trying to increase the, the reach, how about you just make a great product for the audience you literally already have? I mean, maybe that's just business right there. So, but if you're not growing, you're dying. Well, that is, that is the nature of business today, which is antithetical to like progress because very much so be because you're only going to burn out your staff and you're going to uh, reach a limit. Like you're going to reach a limit where this year we didn't make more than we did last year. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't mean you're unhealthy if you're making a lot. I know, right? <laughs> it's madness, like, isn't it? You're still it? turning a profit, right? If you're still turning a profit, it's a success. That's how I look at my business. Like yeah. every time, whenever, because my family doesn't doesn't watch this shit, but they do know that I do this for a living. And every time they ask me like how it's going, I'm like, I'm making more than I did last year. You know, I make yeah. more and I got more and I got more views, you know, like more subs, Pretty more much. money. Like I do, you know, 
I do as well as I did last year or better. That's a yeah. success. Yeah. And it's like, I know there's only a certain number of people who are going to watch my stuff. That's all it takes. It's just knowing that and then doing the best you can. I mean, like, and I'm and, and taking your shot, you know, take the shot to reach a bigger audience, but like not dedicating your bottom line to trying to reach some imaginary audience that might not even exist. Yeah. Silvery Cricket says, uh, Scott Lang isn't allowed to become a better father, even though every single miniseries and story about him is learning to be a better father. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, some characters do suffer from endless arrested development because that is what they've been sold on forever. Mm-hmm. Same with Spider-Man. Will Spider-Man ever be a good boyfriend? I don't know. He's, he's been around for 60 years, and I don't <laughs> think so. He hasn't figured it out yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Milkman. Uh, I'm tired of secret family retcons, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Nightwing. I'm fine with surprise kids like Dylan and Damien. It gives them new sense of responsibility and chance to make them into new heroes. I'd say both of them are part of the problem. Like, both of them are, are the tropes, right? Like, secret secret child, secret mm-hmm. family member. Uh, I am sick of them. I don't like Damien. I no, I know. You, you've you never liked Damien. I've, I've never liked Damien. I, I do... Even though he's arguably had some of his best stuff in the last couple of years. No, he's had like, listen, I don't like hate good stories he's in. I I'm one of those people who's like, no, but like that character change fundamentally changes the Batman family. Like you can never tell stories about Batman like this, like in a certain bracket anymore and now so much time has passed for a certain reader there they have only known they've only known a world with damien they don't remember the outrage and the anger and the flame wars when he was first introduced that's right that's right i did not participate in by the way i just saw it and was like pass and just stopped reading it uh rebel friend a new the new sam book is a one shot that leads into a new cap book that will be shared by both oh okay so we get two in one all right that makes sense i i didn't understand that either i thought it was gonna be two concurrently running series because because they gave them two subtitles and didn't they do that already like weren't that wasn't there like the steve rogers captain america and the captain america book like during secret empire there were two books yes there was uh by the way thank you for your congratulations i appreciate it man um People, by the way, I'm sure who are here who are like 100,000 subs. Last time I saw you, you had 14,000 subs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> on the other channel, youtube.com yes, slash comic pop, we got 100,000 subscribers <laughs> and verification. Now, I guess the trick will be to see how far we can go with this channel. Uh, but yeah, we were talking about secret family members there. Obviously, you know, yes. the Nightwing one. I don't mind the Nightwing one because, again, it's just, you know, his dad was fucking. What do you want? <laughs> he was yeah. young. He was fucking. It happens. Yeah, I, I guess I'm like why like for me it just sounds like i'm adding my stamp on the character and my stamp can't just be a good story it has to be a character that will be intrinsically connected to that character forever what i find funny about it is not only is she a sister but also was raised by the guy who killed his parents and i'm like wait but didn't he already have a daughter in the snyder book why didn't you just bring back that one because i don't own that character i won't get residuals for that character i guess not uh eduardo perez rubio Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Uh, for me personally, uh, heroes should stop hiding their identities from the people close to them. Secret identities should be hidden from your villains, not your friends. Uh, y'all rock, keep it up. That's it one is of those the things eternal where, back and forth. Yeah, it? yeah, it is. It's one of those things where it's supposed to be frustrating. You're, you're supposed to be like, why don't you just tell them? Um, but also, and that's kind of fun and juicy in its own right. Uh, but I do agree that artificially extending it is the problem yeah and we've seen the pendulum swing both ways like again all these new young marvel champion heroes 
all of them were honest with their parents at one point. I'm like, oh, well, that's nice and interesting. And being like, yeah, we're going to be a new generation that does stuff differently than those who came before because we saw all the drama that comes with keeping it from the people closest to you. And then they kind of walked it back with Ms. Marvel because we're doing TV and we got to have it match up, even if I didn't like that retcon, but we did it. Yeah. Uh, and the CW is an entire DC universe built on the back that so many people know who the heroes are. Yes, yes. I mean, the MCU is like, everyone has to fight with their masks off. <laughs> yeah. Because it's because I paid a lot for those faces. And also uh, because we're not comic writers, we're movie writers, and we don't want to have to deal with the same bullshit that you have to deal with. Right. Even though it's the same shit, you're still telling stories about people, right? Yeah. Uh, by the way, that also dovetails into one of your topics, which was long lost blanks. Yeah, long lost blanks there. Long lost siblings. For me, it's more long lost blanks as villains that bug me. Long lost blanks as friends and allies, I am much more softer in opening to. Yeah, but the okay. long lost blank is a villain really gets me. Yes. Uh, Chance Topper. Personally, uh, status quo is being reset out of convenience is a trope I hate the most. Mm. Have a great day. You too, man. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Just being like, uh, I'm on the book now, though. So everything's different. And again, there's a big difference between resetting the status quo and putting the toys back in the box for the next guy. Again, Hickman in Inferno, perfect example of that. Okay, I told what I wanted to tell, mostly, and now I have set the table for the rest of you to go from here. Yeah. Arguably, Spencer Spider-Man did the same thing. Also like, that, too. I, I reset it. Right. Like he, He's like, I opened this box. I dumped all this shit out. I spread it all over the room. I swept it all up. I put it into a box. I put it away. Also, I, I while I was doing that, I picked up a couple other garbage pieces on the ground. and I put. Those but you won't miss those, will you? <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, Andres Toro. I hate the trope of one character that can't stop just suffering in life because their books won't end. Daredevil's been through 10 twingers, and I guess... Uh, Hulk, Hulk is just, just cosmically, cosmically destined, destined to, eat crap. to eat crap. Yes, that's right. No, see, it, Hulk me, is Jekyll and Hyde. Hulk oh, yeah. is like, oh, woe is me. He can never not be that. It's it's a horror story. See, to me, it never bothered me when that happened to Hulk and Daredevil because their stories are tragedies. They're Greek tragedies is what they are. Their lot in life is indeed to suffer. And for the Hulk, Al Ewing brought it to the nth degree where Hulk literally had an audience with God and say, why do you make me suffer? Why do you shit on me from such a cosmic height, oh Lord? Right. And God being like, because it's your lot in life, bitch. Deal yeah, with it. Because you're a fictional character. As long as people buy the book, you might get a happy ending if they cancel your book. See also Animal Man, same deal when he had his own talking yeah. to God. And I was like, because it's good drama. That's why. Because oh. I am the writer and have deemed it so to be. Right. Well, do you have to kill my family? I guess you're right. Yeah, I mean, like, right. You win one. Yeah. Uh, Cricket says uh, rewriting a character's personality over and over again to serve agendas or fix non-issues or random straw man. Like I've been reading comics for years. What is Power Girl's actual personality? Well, that's just Power Girl in a nutshell right there. Power Girl you. not having a personality is her personality. But uh, as far as fixing non-issues, I mean, like, that's just uh, to bottle it up. It's agenda driven storytelling. I mean, shit, the big agenda for saving her and Huntress from the destruction of the original Earth 2 back in the day. They're pretty ladies. So we like to draw the pretty lady. And if you put a pretty lady on the cover, more guy buy them. Yeah, I guess that's true. I didn't read any of that, so I have no idea. what the, That's that's literally what it's always been when they saved them, but not anyone else from Earth 2. Oh, sure. Yeah. 
Uh, Nick can't snipe. Uh, Amnesia is a great plot device or sexual assault mm. for reasons. Assault not being tackled with care or nuance. It's tough, man. The problem with nuance is that like you're you're writing a comic book and it's a comic book that's like approved by 17 different people. Yeah. Um, now, assault is like one of those things where if you are going to tackle that, if you're going to talk about like real world, big time, like serious, heady issues, you need to be like you need to have an editor who's like, OK, if you're like. If I'm going to approve this it sensitively and everything. Yeah. Like if I'm going to approve it, I got to make sure you carry it over with, with grace and dignity. And they I don't mean, really do that as much in superhero comics anymore. Again, I think the last time they really did, that was the whole Dr. Light Sue Dibney thing. And that was so was fucking ago. distasteful and people were so pissed. I think both companies just stopped and have not gone back to it. Yeah, it, it would. If it ever happens again, it'll be because it's on a book that no one's reading that like went completely under the radar. It'll probably it, happen in a Marvel book because Marvel has no editors, but like <laughs> they, but, they actually in, in the new Detective Comics story, they kind of had an implied sexual assault thing. Like one of the orderlies at Arkham Tower is being like creepy Terminator 2 guy. Mm -hmm. But the woman he's doing it to is also like a super powerful serial killer who kills the shit out of him. So she was never really in any danger. But they were kind of like, you know, flirting with like, oh, is there like some real danger here? Jam mm. call X quit monetizing every other hero identity. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Mantalizing. Yeah. Oh, mantalizing. Quit mantalizing every other hero identity, because that word refers to a key position or office. You can pass a role without the name like Sorcerer Supreme, Defender of the Universe mm -hmm. or Team Chairman. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like. Doctor Strange is the Sorcerer Supreme because that was when they invented the title. Yeah. Making other people Sorcerer Supreme, it's been proven nobody gives a shit. Yeah. It's it's maybe one of the most worthless titles in Marvel. Right? Like it's like it's Doctor Strange's title. When it belongs to somebody else, it doesn't elevate them, it doesn't help their book, it doesn't save anybody. It doesn't no one in the Marvel universe cares. Nobody in the readership gives a shit. Loki just, didn't need it. It didn't help launch Brother Voodoo or nope. the Hood. Nope, it's not going to help anybody. And and those are mantles that are just kind of like, what are you doing? Like that's not. Yeah, I remember when uh, you know I remember when Batman referred to the mantle of the bat like mm. years ago, like decades ago, and being like, is that a thing? I mean, like you're Batman. Does it matter who's Batman? Like, I guess it. I mean, yeah. Like, I would. I've never. Like, it was like the first time I'd ever been challenged to think like someone else could be Batman, and I'm like. I don't know if I give a shit about that. Like, mm. I don't think I'd read it if it was about another person. I mean, dared, or, I mean, I guess Electra is technically the woman without fear right now, but she was like already great before that and had already been Daredevil for like a full year before they even decided to slap that little subtitle on for the little tie in mini. And honestly, like Electra being Daredevil is one of those things where I, I love the costume. I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. but like, is she Daredevil? I mean, like Matt is still Daredevil. It's not like she is like, She's like, I'm going to do like she's it's Electra in a Daredevil suit. She was a villain, but, you know, the, I mean, that's the whole thrust of her story, you know, learning to understand the beauty and worth of heroism and the sanctity of life and everything and trying to unlearn all the assassin stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I buy that. But I'm also not like, I, I don't know. It doesn't feel it feels more like an element in a Daredevil story as opposed to a new status quo for a character. Kind of, which is maybe why people weren't so pissed about it when it happened, where it's like, no, we're changing Daredevil. It's like, no, this is just a thing that's happening in the Daredevil book, everyone. And I think that has everything to do with nuance and writers. It has to do mm -hmm. with like how well handled it is. You know, Marvel didn't go like, ladies and gentlemen, freaking female Daredevil. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, for one time they didn't do it. Uh, it's because the book doesn't sell great. It sells well enough to keep going. And critically acclaimed.
uh, the Captain Coon. Uh, here's one thing that's getting annoying. Versions of characters from different universes or realities that override the original version. This is really the year of it, isn't it? This is multiverse. the year of the multiverse. The multiversal yeah. takeover, if you will. Completely. And I, for one, will be very sick of it if it keeps going. I'm getting there. Uh, Khalil Frederick, when a character for some reason is gone for years, knowing they've gone... Uh, they've been gone for a long time, and then surprised or angry, their significant other is with somebody new. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's that just does a plot device. I don't know that is that it. Yeah, I guess it's a trope, but it is. And like, it's also very soap opera. I was in a coma. Why? Why did you cheat on me? <laughs> I was on an island. Yeah, exactly. I thought you were dead. You were in the fucking cancerverse. Get off my balls, right? DIY or here's a couple of bucks for time travel. Thank you very oh, much. Let's you. hope I can make it. Uh, RK, I was trying to be, I was trying to mean Tom Taylor's Nightwing and Superman's Son of Kal-El, where uh, both have Dick or John ask why their fathers were so afraid to do more, despite their dads having done more in the past. Yeah, no, I mean, like, the idea of the hero, of, of the new hero being like, I'm gonna finish what they started, or I'm gonna do what they never did. I'm like, no, you're not. Because the reason they didn't do what you never did is because they weren't allowed to. Like, because you can't have Superman just rule the world. That's another universe. It's called injustice. You can't have Superman stop crime or save or stop pollution. Like, but Superman easily could. Like, I mean, I think I think it's also too, you know, really trying to speak to the youth of today as well, too, yeah. who are brushing so much up against the older boomerier generation and being like, but you could have done it. But you didn't. But why didn't you? And you're not even oh, yeah. super and you could have done it. But you didn't. these guys are super and couldn't do it. Dude, we did a book on back issues about a young adult and how awesome they are. And I like there were so many opportunities for the author to have that character who is so like self-assured um, that they are like awesome and cool find that they are awesome and cool but not because they're like special magic or whatever you know what i mean like i like i'm the protect it's the sky high problem for me yeah it's like i got my my parents are the biggest superheroes in the world and i don't have powers which makes me shit and then it's like wouldn't it have been really cool also nice sky high reference i like that movie a lot but i like, do too wouldn't it have been cool if uh he you know Everybody, everybody counts him out. His father, his mother, his, his colleagues. He goes to sidekick class. And what he finds out is like one of them's really good at like weapons or, or, or technology. And basically what he does is he studies really hard. He becomes friggin' Batman, mm. but like a high school Batman who's like really capable, or maybe he like impersonates those powers. Like he can fly and through his journey to mimic his parents' abilities, mm he also learns these skills that make him an actual hero. And like, you know, you have the scene where he can fly and he's doing stuff. And like, you know, there's a big bombastic reveal where he fails and like, where his technology crops out and it's revealed. Oh, he's a pretender. He has no powers, but he's thinking he could be one of us. And then he single-handedly goes like, well, I know your weakness is this. And I know your weakness is this. And I can do that. You know, and just, it just dismantles them <laughs> where it's like the lesson. That's a good is, Elseworlds story you just wrote. <laughs> right. But like the lesson is, power comes from within yeah that like the the, the powers don't make the hero but instead he's just like no you have all the powers and you're super awesome that's the not end. a lesson no it isn't <laughs> uh cat lawyer I, I, says I, maybe barry shouldn't run as fast as he always does yeah <laughs> like just maybe yeah that's, just slow it down just, they, just a I little think bit they, i think they've knocked that off you were gonna say I was gonna say I yeah, just slowed down a little bit. I I lost my point i was gonna say oh, something sorry. else about, about sky high super boy but it's good yeah or about sky high <laughs> yeah um 
Oh, did, did, did George Press pass away already? Oh, no. Did that actually happen? Did we did miss I that? I missed that. Oh, shit. Oh, you, you look into that. I remember. Yeah. yeah the, the thing I like about Tom Taylor's Nightwing and Superman's Son of Kal-El thing is also this idea that I think no. a lot of people are missing. And that is, yeah, the reason that Dick and, you know, John are doing and saying the stuff they are now is because part of the fun of them is that you can do things with them that you couldn't do with Clark and Bruce because those characters are so forever kept in amber and plastic by editorial and by DC. You can have them explore new far out ideas and do interesting stuff and, you know, go against the grain in a way that uh, Bruce and Clark never could. Likewise, Sam with Captain America. Right, exactly. Because writers are a little too fucking precious with them because that's what makes them their money. Exactly. No, George Press didn't pass away. No, didn't he? No. Yeah, I saw a thing of him the other day there. He was still alive. Yeah, I saw him, t- I saw him with his parents. Because uh, I was going to say, like, unless he died in the last hour while we were doing this. Right. I mean, yes, Louis Anderson passed away, but that's not George Perez. Uh Louis Lopez uh, using the multiverse instead of the main universe. I don't know what that means. Like, I mean, I guess, like, just, I guess it's just, why don't you just have it happen here instead of being like, oh, no, there's a multiversal thread or there's a multiversal character or an alternate version of me. I mean, yeah. That, that, that that's not no, so much of a trope as much as it is just like i'm sick of it <laughs> i mean yeah like i see it come down to like a freedom thing too again as tynan said before he left the reason i created so many new characters is because everyone else had so many freaking editorial mandates behind them that i just didn't want to play the game anymore i'm like so is that why there's so many multiversal stories now because you can just do whatever you want because anything goes in a multiverse yeah and that's one of the problems is like they need to like e- editorial these big two they need to like rein in like the rules of writing in this universe. Like there needs to be a set of uh, not standards, but certainly writer like, or, or, or of uh, like, if you're going to write like these titles, mm. they take place here. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, your villain isn't from, you know what I mean? Like just ground it. And maybe that's the problem too, in our era of multimedia where everything's getting a movie and a streaming series and a video game that they're all like, no, well, these are the things that are making the real money. So the comics, you know, better, you know, reflect these as well as they possibly can. And we don't want to rock the boat. No. Uh, Fit says introducing a legacy character by making them perfect, giving them OP powers with no drawbacks and then never trying to set up an iconic status quo. I mean, Mary Sue's are a thing that have been around forever. And that is the problem. Your, your, your issue is with the, is with Mary Sue's and replace and Mary Sue replacements. And I, I haven't seen too many of them lately, but like, no, I hear true. what you're saying. Uh, young Goku over 9,000. Remember Rick Grayson? Let's never do that again. That's yes. just the thing you didn't like. I don't think. <laughs> um, although, you know, Matt did that, but he did that deliberately. Like Matt Murdock did yeah. that. when he so, be- so, so no more amnesia to change characters just for a little bit. Please. Uh, Dex Baker, busy with work, so I have to catch us later. Okay, thanks for hanging out with us. Danvy 900. Rick with uh, no... Rick with no K, where Higgins made fun of it at Marvel. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, they, yes. do it at, they, they made fun of it at DC. That was good. Uh, oh, I had another good one yes, here. Yes, please. Uh, speeches that start with, we're not so different, you and I. Now, I don't so much hate that in concept. I hate it when characters say it. One of the most beautiful things about Zdarsky's Daredevil run right now is how he has so beautifully been able to parallel the stories of Matt, Electra, and Kingpin. But yes. at no point have any of those characters sat down and said, we're not so different, you and I. They don't need to say it because they show it. Yes, that's absolutely correct. <laughs> that totally chaps my ass when characters straight up say, we're not so different, you and I. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm so done with, you're not. we're not so different, you and I, across the board. Uh, I remember it happening in Spider-Man and being like, what? 
<laughs> like in the movie. Yeah. I mean, like, really? We're still doing this? <laughs> yeah. That was 2002. Again, uh, you can do it, but you don't got to show it. Uh, another one here, too. Yeah. Uh, more than one hero, no more moment. Spider-Man, of course, made it famous where he, you know, trashes the costume and walks away. Now I'm it feels pissed. like every hero does it more than once i think the rule should be you can have one hero no more moment but only one you gotta pick the right chance for it but even then like how do i know when that time is gonna be do i reject a thousand like good ideas until one guy finally has a good like has a one that i agree with that's the problem is (laughs) i feel like chef from seth by when you're ready you'll know (laughs) exactly uh you have another one right redesigning the costume too much Yes, or redesigning it for like completely superfluous reasons, like when they redesigned Miles' costume. Yeah, there was a story reason it got messed up in a clone fight, but it doesn't look as good as the other one. Why? Right. Why did you change it? He's gonna have another one for the movie. What was the point in changing it? Because I want to have my stamp on the character. Like I want my costume in there. I want to co- because I played the Miles Morales game, and there's a bunch of made up video game costumes, and not enough in canon comic book costumes. That's yeah, that's what it feels like. Too. Likewise, when they changed Miss Marvel's costume for a minute, yep. at least they kind of did like a riff on the whole black suit story, where the costume turned out to be evil by the end. But like for a whole like two three arcs, I'm like, why does she have a costume that's not as good as her other one? And they're just gonna change it back anyway for the show, and they did. Yep, that's right. Uh, Matthew Terlaga, companies not being willing to fully embrace LGBTQ plus characters or alternate lifestyles in the Harley show. The fans were in a frenzy about whether Ivy should be with Kite Man or Harley. And I was like, why not both? Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, like, here's the thing. I don't think that, like, I, I think they they didn't, they only like slightly implied Harley and Ivy having a relationship in the first season. And then they went, oh, we can do that. And then like went full tilt with it in the second season. Well, they but, wrote both seasons back to back. Did which really? is why there's only a, oh yeah that's why there's only a month between season one and season that's two right, they that's right it. that's right yeah they, they always knew that was going to be the arc and i think some people lost their fucking minds but like, yeah. what do you mean i was watching a queer love story the whole time yeah man yeah you were yeah yeah and i, I think that the issue is just like the the issue with why that i think it, it's perceived that they don't fully embrace this is because i think they're doing it where they're like let's not it's the same problem. And when I say problem, I mean problem from their perspective, from publisher's perspective, that Dwayne McDuffie complained about when he wrote Justice League, mm-hmm. which was, if you have more than a few black characters on the Justice League, suddenly the Justice League has become a black book. Mm-hmm. If you, It's the same in Hollywood. If you have more than a few black characters, you and now are making a black movie. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Yeah. And if you have like a lot of different LGBT, LGBTQ plus concepts in one story or characters in one book you are not Mm -hmm. writing a mainstream book anymore yeah which is crazy to think that's that that's the issue it's not necessarily a trope though uh static nova want to thank you guys for getting me into comics with shows like these and back issues if you guys oh i'm sorry well thank you very much you're welcome man thanks for hanging out with us Uh, if you guys could write any hero or villain who would it be uh green arrow but i'm too close to the material i'm sure it would suck <laughs> yeah spider-man i'm too close it would suck but i would but i do have a couple of ideas lately uh and really it's just like i have a list of characters that people who have in the audience have said i should write and i'll just i any of those like it's just characters that i have to i want to put be put into a hole where i'm like who okay and then figure it out i i, th- I mean we've done like a hundred pitches on this show about like stuff we would do if we could write it. it's true yeah uh, Max M, honestly, I just dislike the creation of new characters when they are characters who are already established that can be used just as effectively. Yeah, no. Uh, gotta, Riri gotta Williams should money, not though. exist. Jim Rhodes had a had a genius teenage black daughter or niece, and uh, 
Rhea Williams is that character, but with a different name and Ben is creator. So now he owns her. And, and now like, she's getting a TV show. Now she gets a TV show. Like it's just because that's the nature of the industry now. Got to uh, get that money. Got to put your own stamp on it. Taylor. I also dislike Damien. Hey, thanks Taylor. <laughs> All right. We got one. Uh, the Captain Coon turning a hero's friends who haven't been used in a few years into villains and making them villainous mm. like Liz Allen pre one more day. And then her written by slot and a few issues in Spencer's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That does happen a fair amount. You covered it? that one where it was like, a villain like or a character showing back up and being like i'm a villain long really? lost long lost blank at least that's long lost friend and or classmate not long lost familial connection that's true uh juan fish uh fincher uh killing characters nobody really thinks about heroes in crisis i'm looking at you just not sure if it's been said yeah we talked uh, about yeah i mentioned bit. that at the time brutalizing minor characters for drama where it's like come on what did those characters do to anyone but you know again that's overcorrecting for fridging where it's like well we'd want to kill his love interest but we can't so i guess we'll kill all these other characters yeah, no one so we'll kill matter eater lad you know <laughs> what why <laughs> uh aaron watching live for the first time keep up the great work thanks aaron yeah. welcome to the show NBL a paladin when comics are over relying on certain characters and ignoring underrated ones like Batman recently. It's true. Yep. Yep. That's a big problem. When was the last Mad Hatter story? When was I'm the telling last you. anything story? Daniel Vakura, when a sexual orientation is changed, previously rela previous relationships aren't acknowledged, like Bobby and Kitty with their future child from Wolverine and the X-Men. Now Tim and Stephanie. Tim is by, so it should be referenced. Um the thing about that is that like uh, is that in Wolverine and the X-Men, the comic book? I think so. Uh the Iceman thing. I remember that being more accepted because Iceman's relationships were always super tumultuous and problematic. Yes. Which like, again, again, I think we all know someone in our own lives who came out later in life and it's like, ah, now that makes sense. Right. And like, in terms of, I don't think that Bendis executed Bobby's outing well at all. No. In, and I don't it, black something or other. What was that? No, it, was story? In that it was in that stupid X-Men book where it's just, it, it's when they're in the past, in the present, no, but 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 oh, got Black Vortex, yeah, yeah, Black Vortex, because he got outed in the Black Vortex Guardians crossover where Eugene yes. looks into his mind and ends up outing him. And she's like, mm. um, it's one of those things where it just happened to be that Bendis picked that character because there's no way he looked it up and like saw that Bobby has had no like significant relationships that made it like work. Mm -hmm. And yeah, in the the other thing is, uh, gay people can make children. Yes, it happens Car all the time. Cary Grant had daughters. like <laughs> Absolutely. That's the thing, which that's another. When people complain about that, I'm like, you don't know a lot about the gay community at all. Do you've never had anyone come out to you? Have you is what uh, I'm hearing. But in this in this particular case, like I, I don't agree with the idea of changing an aspect of a character for arbitrary reasons. Now, on uh, the Tim Drake front, and again, we can talk about Catwoman too. People forget the Catwoman came out as bi a couple years ago, and here's the problem with that. She came out, and then writers stopped talking about it, and they threw her back into a relationship with Batman without it ever being mentioned or ever coming up again. That feels like, like they chose, they were like, don't do that again. Yeah, and I'm like, ooh, see, now that makes you look homophobic, and that's the problem that you don't honor the bi-ness of this character to be like, yeah, well, we made her bi- so we can have our cake and eat it too and just throw it around however we want and you know and no one can say anything about it because then oh you're the problem you know it's completely fine you know for bi women to be in heterosexual relations you're the problem not us <laughs> right uh the, the and i've had lots of bi fans tell me that where it's like look we have no problem with it we're just we're just hoping the next writer will honor it though because when they don't honor it then it feels like a slap in the face yeah yeah that's true that's true uh in the t case of tim i I okay. Bobby's an older character, yeah. And despite his longevity, you can 
pinpoint every relationship he's ever had and how they're all they, they they never really went anywhere. And it's like just because nobody had a good pitch for an Iceman romance like romance. And Morrison didn't. had a lot of fun with it in their run too. Yes, that's true. Uh, in terms of Tim, uh, I don't agree that it is like I don't know. It, the the Tim thing is there is no evidence in Tim's history of this change, right. and like there just there isn't. And I, I, you know, I, I don't agree with with it, but I also understand that like it's one thing to create a character that is satisfying a niche or uh or being made to appeal to uh, a demographic like there are there isn't enough representation in comics i will create a character to be representation man <laughs> which they do often and those characters they f- don't they get the push. like they go away they disappear they die they, and that's they never get the push they deserve right well they never get the push do they deserve it just because they're being made a token like I don't think so. And well, again, I, and, going back to that John Ridley thing, how uh, you all love John Stewart, the Green Lantern now, and he was 100% created to be a token back in the day. But over time, yeah. when different writers come on and infuse it with their own being, yeah. it all kind of ends up being worth it. And by the end of that story, Black Lightning and John Stewart understand each other and are standing on equal footing. Yeah, but John's a Green Lantern. John wasn't created to be like bisexual man who has mm. like who has light powers and can push you hard. Like there's no... But I, at the time... He was black man, basically. Like, oh, look, we've written a black man. Isn't that amazing, comic still, creators? But still a Green Lantern. And it's the same with with making Robin or a former Robin buy. That was a situation where they went like, where the writer said, I would like to create this opportunity to appeal to, you know, this demographic. And I can do it with a character that DC Editorials does not regard. Hmm. No, and, they've never recorded Tim. And, and it will reach, and it will reach, you know, they'll write articles about it. They'll, they'll, it'll get a lot of exposure and they'll talk about it. And maybe it will bring some light to my message. Or maybe it'll like highlight the fact that like characters can have this revelation at some point later in their lives. So I recognize the value of it. But it also felt very artificial it felt mm. like it was a thing where i'm like i want to just i want to make my the the worst of it and i don't know so i can't speak to the motivations but i would hate to imagine that the character made tim by so that that person's name would be in articles mm. that would really be detrimental to the movement to bisexual to people who are bisexual mm. and to the character i don't know if that's true i don't actually and we I, probably I, won't know we'll, ne- we'll never know uh, but that and 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 the problem is when you don't know the intent of the author, you you're only left with the product that they've created. And in terms of Tim, like him being by doesn't change the character for me in no. any way. No, uh, but not. I will say that I've I've literally read like his entire origins, and there's no evidence to support that. But like sometimes with human beings that you meet, there's no evidence to support that they were by in the true. first place. And you know, and like even on its face too, you know, I, I I was thinking of this myself. I'm like, well, you know, Tim's been a young college age guy for like 30 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, he's never gone to college. And I'm like, maybe he's just experimenting, man. And that's fine right. too. And that's totally worth exploring in a story. But comics can't just explore something. It, no. They're very, they're, they're one thing or the other in comics. Well, because you can't just, it's like, it's like when they made Wally West black because they thought that nobody cared about Wally West. Mm. And then they went, oh, they really have a problem with this. Um, 
but we can't just like have Wally go into the speed force and come back out white because yeah. that would be racist. That's deeply fucked up. <laughs> and we can't have Tim Drake get into a bisexual relationship and then go, turns out I'm not bi. Yeah, we're done with that because then that makes you look even worse by says that's that's oof, that's that's gay baiting and that's right? really bad. Even though that also happens. Like and it's like you can't do, but it, but you can't do that in this kind of market. because superhero comics are no place for nuance. Yeah, right. Well, because you'll just take the panel and put it in like Newsweek. No. So that that and that's the issue. And it's why I'm like it, this is not emblematic of the problem, but it is like an element of it where I'm like you need to really like go through like a vetting process when you want to change a character in a significant mm. way, because like you don't think about the implications. It's like when, like when they made Wally West black and it's like, mm. well, now you have a new character and listen, Wallace has great been out of that. You have a new character. Yes. Who's managed to stick around for, well, until Wally came back and was flash again. And then they dumped him off the face of the earth. And it's like, see, now you had a new black character that you all forgot. Cause the shiny white boy came back. I know, I know, but I don't know if like, Arguably, I would say that was like a tone deaf response from editorial who were like, nobody cares about Wally anyway. We'll just change him. Mm. And it's like you didn't read the room and it's not reading the room about making a character a different race. It's more like reading the room about the character mm. and how people identify with that character. And maybe the problem is that a lot of comic book editorial is made up of older straight white men who probably shouldn't be making these decisions on their own. That's fair. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. Or maybe just like don't make sweeping changes without thinking about the implications or the reaction to those changes mm. which is, is comics in a nutshell really like you you didn't think that through did you before you killed that character or before you did that right that, that, that that's my issue where i was like not not even with race bending or, or or sexual orientation changing it's it's also with like changing a character's costume or or adding a new member of the family or mm. you know any number of changes and it's like but you just did that because you knew that it would get buzz, but you didn't think about the long lasting implications of that character going forward mm. and how that'll impact the universe and the character. And it's like, yeah, no, I don't do that. I don't, I never do that. So yeah, uh, it's a big, it's a big topic. Very uh, much so. Daniel also says death of X series where characters return about a year or two later. It means nothing. Having said that, bring back Alfred who was supposed to, who was not supposed to die anyway. Yep. Shocked. Alfred is still dead. I really thought he was coming back at the end of that Robin arc. He still might. I think the Robin arc is entirely created so that like, he's like, I did this so that I could have access to the Lazarus pit so I can bring Alfred back. Yeah. I really assume not just that, but like a very special Lazarus pit. Yes. And a Lazarus pit that will make Alfred healed and also not crazy or bad. That's good. Uh, Edward Bedore uh, coming soon. The brief and the temporary death of the justice league. Yes. Oh yes. Thank you. <laughs> That's yeah. good. And it is like, it's, they're only doing it as a, as a kind of like joke. Um, Dan Wesley, just spending a bit of money your way or spending a bit of money your way. Thanks for the great videos. Thank you, man. Aww. Thanks for hanging out uh, and for your support. Nick can't spike uh, or snipe spike, uh, not letting characters resolve their relationships like MJ and Peter, keep, mm. keeping them together or let them grow apart for once and for all. Pick one. Yeah, they're not going to do so that. Many relationships in comics, isn't it? Not just MJ and Peter. This is true. MJ and Peter are like the poster children for that problem. How many but, long suffering yeah. couples do we have? All of them basically are long suffering. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even the married couples like Reed and Sue are long suffering. I was going to say, yeah, like Reed and Sue are constantly like, are they going to break, get divorced? I'm like, no, but it's weird that they keep having so many problems. Uh, 343 Burning Legion, uh, forgetting interesting character development for villains because the story needed a flat antagonist like Rhino mm. or Zemo. 
Thunderbolt Absorbing Man. Yep. Yes. Excellent. Excellent examples. Uh, Jack O'Connell. They should give uh, Tim a new Red Robin book. They haven't even tried to give him a run since New 52. That's the thing, too. If you're going to shake up his status quo, don't make him do it in the backup of Batman Urban Legends. Give him at least a number one so you you can ride this to somewhere like actually interesting. That's what chat my ass, too. Yeah. yeah, The the big two don't like recognize an opportunity to make money or capitalize on the controversy that they themselves generate. Yeah. People were actually talking about Tim again. That would have been a great tent building. You can read all about it in red Robin. Number one. It's the same problem I had when they like, when they launched black label and they had Batman damned and everyone was talking about it. And it's like, okay, book Jim Lee on the next episode of anybody. Whatever. And he goes, yeah, man, pick it up. It's five bucks. You can see Batman's dick, but Uh, for the added bonus of also getting a damn good story with some killer art Mm -hmm. like hey now comic books just got major exposure on a late night talk show yeah oops we didn't do that instead let's pulp the books that exist you're a moron yeah like just kills me that they don't recognize opportunity when it's right in front of them uh panda go crazy is there any gods that don't have avatars on earth yet (laughs) (laughs) nope everyone's got their favorite every theology has their favorite guy yep or gal you have another one that i love which is lovecraftian horror yeah, can we give that shit a break? It was fun <laughs> and novel like five years ago when like everyone was really getting into it. Like, ah, yes, the great old ones. Horror is so mind-bending that even to look at them would be to drive you mad. Now everyone's doing it. Now we got fucking Cenobite Batman. We got like, everything's a Lovecraft. Batman. Yeah, yeah. Everything's a fucking Lovecrafting horror. Do any type of horror. I know there's other types of horror out there. Do any of them, please. Yeah, yeah. They they have overdone the Lovecraftian angle to to, to, an, to a, a ridiculous degree. Too much of it. Again, you know, sh- uh, shed some more praise on that Shadows of the Bat Detective Comics run. They're doing kind of like the one flew over the cuckoo's nest. You're in a mental hospital. Everything's kind of messed up. You don't know if you can trust the patients or the orderlies. I'm like, ooh, that's good horror. I like that. Yes, and that's a thing. Like that's like a trope that haven't that hasn't been used recently. A hospital horror genre. Yeah. Uh, Edward Bedore, uh, DC's Final Crisis got me to stop reading comics. After that, I just refused to read anything with Grant Morrison's name on it. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, And you have another one that I love. It's the biggest problem I have. It's the biggest recent modern trope, writing for the trade. Writing for the trade. This this really hit me up just recently because for better or worse, I've been enjoying Spider-Man Beyond. Two issues. You can tell full stories in two issues. Oh, so you could do it. You just haven't been doing it. <laughs> yes. We've been deliberately decompressing stories to to fill trades. Writers are more than capable of writing stories with beginnings, middles, and ends in only two issues. Yep. Yep. The the, the writing for the trade is we it's they've been doing it long enough where they've they've gotten to a rhythm. Yep. But Very some folk so. are better at it than others. Very much and so. And it shows. Uh, Matthew Tolaga says uh, villainous characters getting a pass for the horrific shit they did in the past because they're popular, like Harley literally murdering children, Deathstroke having sex with a teenager. Yeah, yes. Uh, I was thinking about that recently. The Deathstroke one drives me nuts. The Harley Quinn stuff is more like, eh, discontinuity is all over the place. But in the new 52, they had no fucking clue what they were doing with her. I'm more willing to give her a pass than I am to give Deathstroke a pass. Deathstroke, they never changed it. With with Harley, it's like, well, she, like... There, there have been crises since then. And like, Harley's been her. so many things. Deathstroke, it's Judas Contract, one of the only things people really know about him for sure, so they never want to get rid of it. 
do you know what they should probably do? They should just take a page out of the White Knight book and just be like, there have been six Harleys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cut their losses. Yeah. Well, again, you're now reading the Detective Comics. They're kind of doing that in Detective Comics now, but it might be Stephanie Brown undercover. But yes, there's another crazy woman in Arkham who claims to be Harley. I like that. I like that a lot. That's a great idea. Uh, Pancake Pappy, as a Firefly fan, thoughts on Whedon's situation? I don't know what you're talking about. Whedon was created by Tim Minear. Yeah, really. <laughs> Tell me about it. Everything I like about Firefly was done by Tim Minear. I don't know about that other guy. <laughs> I don't know who that other guy is. All I do know is he's very self-indulgent, and uh, he doesn't know that in an interview, uh, people write down what you're saying. He had two years to work with the best PR people in the world to get his story straight, and he still shot himself in the fucking foot like it was an Olympic goddamn sport. Yeah, he's done. He's finished. Fine. Yeah. We've outgrown Joss Whedon. Agreed. More than agreed. But uh, listen, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us. And we want to especially thank our Super Chatters for sponsoring today's episode and asking some amazing questions and giving some significant uh, contribution to today's episode. Uh, we really appreciate it. Let us know in the comments down below if there's a trope that you, we have not covered that you are sick of. Uh, drop it in the comments uh, and we will uh, continue the conversation there. Otherwise, make sure to subscribe to this channel. Get more uh, updates about when we update here. Uh, we have Elseworlds Exchange, Off the Rack, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and even Letters Page, a show where I open up mm -hmm. letters and packages with my crew. Uh, and visit uh, YouTube.com slash Cape Joel to see more Cape Jolie goodness Thank you. over there. And uh, we'll see you guys next time with an all-new episode of Elseworlds Exchange next week. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us. I will see you guys later. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. So long. Yeah.